0: Welcome to Big Old Life. This is an episode where I interview Sherry Smith, who is the author of a book called Spiritual Entrepreneurship, Raw Reflections of a Female CEO. She is also the founder of an ed tech company called Indigo, and you can find it online at indigoeducation.com. This book And I don't know what you think of when you hear spiritual entrepreneurship. Uh, Maybe you, I don't know, but for me, it's a very affirming idea because what it does is it brings in the concepts of spiritual, heart level, value level, caring stuff into the realm of business. And so spiritual entrepreneurship is like, hey, whatever you guys, we're going to be over here caring about employees and our project in such a deep way that the money part is is we're doing it so that we can make money. But that's not the only reason we're doing it. We're doing it because the project itself is can amplify love in the world. And working together amplifies our our learning and our our care and it's not it's not easy because it's it's deep you know so this is why i love what she's doing i um i get tangled up around the bible because of my own reactions to religion Uh, but that's not what spiritual entrepreneurship is it's not religion business which is that other stuff that, I don't know, I'm 56, so when I grew up, there were a lot of evangelicals on TV drumming up money. That's probably still happening. I don't know. I'm sure it is. Of course it is. But um, spiritual entrepreneurship and this book are Sherry's reflections. I would call it a guide in a way to a way to do business with spiritual entrepreneurship. I don't know if she would call it a guide, but you can certainly use it that way because when you get lost and uh confused as a ceo um you can look at this and go well how could i use this situation to understand myself and uh, also my own process better how can i give to this situation in a smart way and she has examples because she also has a vast bibliography in the book um, of spiritual teachers, of business people, of uh, anecdotes, and it's super cool. You should read it if you have any interest in business, even if you don't. Uh, it's very interesting because it's a woman's journey through uh, building a business and and interacting with her spiritual self in the world and sharing that. Okay. Sherry Smith, thank you so much. This is a tiny offering uh, in a big project that you're doing and I appreciate your time and I enjoyed it so much. So here we go. <laughs> I had a friend tell me maybe I could change the name of the podcast to The Learning Curve and that, that might be appropriate, but big old life kind of encompasses that whole uh, bouncy house of learning anyway. Enjoy. (laughs) But now we will start talking about your book.
1: Okay, are we are we moving into? Yeah, now we'll
0: move we'll move into the. Now, now we're Sherry and Heather, podcasters extraordinaire. Can you just start by telling? Talking about what is it? What is spiritual entrepreneurship? Why why were you drawn to write this book?
1: Yeah, that's, it's so funny, because that seems like it'd be the simplest question. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> that was the literal hardest part about writing the book was trying to come up with a definition for spiritual entrepreneurship that I felt like differentiated from social entrepreneurship, which most people know is, you know, trying to do good with business um there's a lot of definitions of that one too yeah <laughs> there's not one definition of social entrepreneurship but that differentiated from social entrepreneurship but is also inclusive um of people coming at it from many different spiritual or faith perspectives so i really narrowed it down um to that spiritual entrepreneurs do it to expand love which a lot of social entrepreneurs would say that as well, um, and then the spiritual part is really the reason why we're expanding love in the world as spiritual entrepreneurs is to evolve humanity's consciousness. Or another way to say that is bring heaven down to earth, or heavenly energies or principles down to earth, and um, and that create. And then there's a whole bunch of other like spiritual aspects of recognizing the soul and your soul path, and that your life is beyond this life. Um, all of those things are included in Spiritual Entrepreneur, but the basic definition is that you create an enterprise. It doesn't have to be a business per se. It could be a volunteer thing. It could be a project. It could be a nonprofit organization. could be anything. So I just make it enterprise, uh, which is inclusive of many types of workings mm-hmm. um, that expands love and is not about extracting gain and so much about business is about extracting gain. And then the issue I have with social entrepreneurship is they've made, they put both on people. It's like, well, you have to have gain and you have to do good. Mm-hmm. And it makes it very, very difficult um, for people to walk that line.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spiritual entrepreneurship in the concept, as I'm reading your book and I'm thinking about, okay, Sherry, Sherry believes in God's work. In, in doing God's work, like not no bullshit, she believes that, and and she's not afraid to say it. And talking about God, and so you talking about crying and and you know the power of of being a part of helping young people feel confident and in their own selves feels like you were tapping into something that was bigger. That you, that you viewed as bigger than you. Like, okay, I feel this is scary and I feel bad, but I know that I'm doing something that is bigger than me. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I like that you point that out because it is interesting because the inclusion of God directly in the book, actually several of my early readers criticized, mm-hmm. but I was like, I have to include God in the book because this idea of doing God's work like is also edgy and dangerous because a yeah. lot of people do horrible things in the name of doing God's work. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important that the work you're doing is expanding love because if you're doing work that expands hate or fear or judgment, that's not, to me, that can't be God's work because God isn't any of those things to me, God is love. So that's the litmus test. Mm-hmm um is like if you're expanding love whether or not you believe in god or not i believe you're doing god's work Mm -hmm. and so and i believe god recognizes that as doing god's work whether you the human recognizes like god as an entity or not however a person conceptualizes god which even that word god is such a weird word
0: (laughs) expanding prophet expanding love. And that's just radical, um, you know, in a business book to be like profit versus love. So how do you survive as a spiritual entrepreneur when profit is not the thing that you're thinking of? And how does that I mean, go over?
1: You know, what's actually interesting is when I was trying to do both, when I was trying to do love and profit, I never had any money. Like it was just like in the book, like always just enough, the manna system, you know, where, you know, like the Israelites in the desert, you know, where people would just get enough food for one day. So we would have enough for payroll, but like literally like the day before payroll, we would get a check-in or
0: Mm -hmm. something
1: like that. And so literally since I stopped caring about profits at all, which sounds bizarre, but I really don't think about profits. Like, yes, we still charge for our stuff. We have contracts, we've gotten grants, but it's not part of my decision-making matrix anymore. Now there are people on my team who, who still care about it more than I do. And that's probably really good because, Mm -hmm. but we have more money in the bank now than we've ever had in the last 10 years. And we have a very stable flow of money coming in over the next two years. And that's, because we don't care about profits. So it's almost like we got taken off the mana system. Now, are we making millions of dollars? No, we have plenty of money to pay everybody, feel comfortable, feel safe, do the work we need to do in the world. And that is incredible. So I don't know, I kind of feel like everyone thinks you have to focus on profits. And if you don't focus on profits, you'll die, right? Like, not a physical death, but your company will die or your But that's actually not my experience. My experience is when we actually stop doing that, we're thriving more than we've ever thrived before. And we actually have more money than we ever had before. And I almost don't want to become some, you know, giant, huge, like if I did, if we did end up getting a lot of money in, like people would be like, see, this what she was going after all along. Like I would have to like personally give it, give it away because I I don't want to perpetuate the same idea that you have to become the unicorn to make it to be successful. I'm just mm-hmm. like so tired of that narrative. Yeah. It's such a debilitating narrative for people.
0: Yeah, I do feel like that's one of the the um the missions of the book is to suggest that there is a beautiful success that is not does not have that many dollar signs next to it.
1: Yeah.
0: And so what do you attribute and what do you attribute that to? So by taking and by focusing on love, where is that coming from? What, what, what made that work?
1: Well, I do think this is going to sound passe because again, love is such an overused word in our society, but I do feel like love is the organizing energetic force of the universe. And so when you're organizing around that, you're organizing around, you know, the dominant energy is, is really love. And so I feel like once you can tap into that, you're sort of tapping into something that's more timeless or has more wellspring and has more enduring, more ability to endure than anything you could, you could tap into with profit or gain or personal legacy or anything like that. And so to me, it just makes everything easier not that your life is easy cuz i don't actually think the human existence is supposed to be easy but if you can get into the flow or into the current or into that frequency then it's it doesn't matter no one can screw you no one can harm you you can die okay well i die well in a way that's a good thing i mean i'm looking forward to the next realm <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like the worst mm-hmm. that can happen is you can die great. Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, like people screwing you. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to bless. It's an opportunity to forgive. Not that I'm some saint, because believe me, I'm not, but I, I feel like these things just deepen your connection to the thing that really is real, which I think is love. I think that's the thing that is real. Love and connection.
0: Okay. What question would you like to be asked?
1: Um, uh, what question would I like to be asked? I mean, the thing that I would really want is I want to be part of the conversation. So, like I want like there are conversations happening about spiritual entrepreneurship, about regeneratives. Entrepreneurship, about, I don't know, there's all these words out there now. And I do actually want to be part of the conversation because I don't, I don't know why. I just want to be part of the conversation. Maybe that's arrogant, maybe that's whatever, but I don't know how that even would help on the podcast and who's going to listen that would say, oh, Sherry, come be part of the conversation. Like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that it makes absolute sense that you would want to be part of the conversation. You have, Um, according to your book uh, contributed immensely to it already um you're you have invented words for what you're talking about you've experienced it you have you know synthesized your learnings and and struggles and successes into a, a way that shares it out which is profound so you are a part of the conversation this podcast um from a like energetically yes it's very you promoted your your book very much now whether or not that will translate into little bits and blips on the internet probably not but um Mm -hmm. you know from the love perspective we we're already plugged in we're definitely operating in the love yeah (laughs) (laughs) so profit recognition but love yeah um i love that answer and and do you feel like what was pulling you to write the book was hear me somebody hear me what what i've seen and done and and feel
1: yeah so it's i'd say it's threefold i'd say the my personal selfish level was hear me or hear myself right just how do i how do i articulate what i've been through or process what i've been through the last 10 years Um, I'd say the secondary level is having a a firsthand perspective of somebody who's doing it that other people could read if they want to do it, you know, and be like, oh, someone else has done it this way. Like I could do it. I could make sense of myself. I could live it. And then the third perspective would be, is to be part of getting this level of business and consciousness out in the world somehow. And, you know, like, it's funny because I used to want to be famous, not famous, but I used to want to, you know, be well-known and be this person and be this thing. And I, like, as I get older, I want that less and less because I hate traveling. I like being on my porch. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. I have Hashimoto's, Mm -hmm. you know, like the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I would like to be part of a community that's co-creating this new thing in the world and I would like to do it in a way that doesn't feel draining or doesn't feel like I have to be famous or doesn't feel like I have to get ahead but like I could be part of it and what's been frustrating for me is like all these little communities that are doing it are trying so hard to make money to get famous to recruit people like they're trying to do all the things that they need to do to survive and then so nobody is coalescing around like Ushering in this new consciousness. Like they're all trying to do it in their way to make money and survive, which I get. Like I totally get. Yeah. So until there's a new way for people to like coalesce, I don't know how to be part of it because I'm not going to start some business and be another one of the people, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) I mean, I do have the website, the Bridging Hearts website, but that's like, I'm not trying to sell anything. I do have my book on there, but I'm just trying to like put together all of the resources that I've had over the years and put them somewhere, even for my own sanity. If someone yeah. says, "Oh, what about this person?" You know, "Love is the answer." Group, oh, you can find them on my website. There's a blog about them, or oh, what's that prayer in your book? Oh, it's on my website. You know, that's yeah,
0: yeah. That's what I'm doing. Um, but then my last question for you is. Okay. Um, And I usually ask it a hundred different ways, but last time I asked it in a way that I kind of like, which is um, what advice do you have for humans?
1: I love that question. (laughs) What advice do I have for humans? What an amazing question. (laughs) So I think my number one advice is for humans to believe that they and every other human is intrinsically valuable and to like really get to a point where you can believe that in your soul, like where you actually know that mm-hmm. it's worth being a human. <laughs> like, like if, if all you do is get up every day and try to do anything at all, your life is worth it. That there's something that there's something meaningful in just being here, just being on the planet. Mm-hmm. I think that would be my, number one advice and then my number two advice would be to you know it's like it's so silly again it's like all the problems like people say follow your passion follow your dreams you know and I want to say like follow your soul like follow the thing that calls inside of you and play it out as much as you can in every moment and don't and and avoid pass that feel like you feel like is disconnecting you from your soul or killing your soul because that's, I think the soul lives on. So whatever we feed our soul in this life um, moves on with us and whatever we detract from our soul in this life, I think also moves on with us. So whatever you need to do to feed your soul, maybe that's starting a business. Maybe that's finding a new relationship. Maybe that's moving somewhere you love. Maybe that's taking more time with your family. Maybe that's working with immigrants like you do, teaching them how to read. Like if it feeds your soul, I feel like that's that's the path. Mm-hmm. That's the path.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that.